You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Welcome to 2012. I think we already did a 2012 show, but it wasn't officially 2012, so... That's correct. It is now officially... We weren't in the future yet. So now officially 2012, so welcome to the future, the last year on Earth, according to lots of prophets, false prophets. It's a little comic strip, and I'm sure it's not the only one that someone drew with this sort of vibe, and it had sort of, was it the Mayan calendar, right, that yeah. runs out? And it had like a Mayan dude with this circle your calendar thing, and he's holding it up and he's like laughing, and the other dude goes, man, someday somebody's going to freak out when that runs out, and he, right. like they're just playing a joke on everybody. And if you um, pay attention to movies and you saw the movie 2012 by Noah Emmerich, if I remembered his name, that's, yeah. how, that's actually how it ends. Two Mayan guys as a joke? No, um, a, a limousine uh, flying up a... Uh, and LA's all falling apart while a limousine's speeding to it, sir. So. Yes. What a ridiculous Part of movie. That, yeah. And Noah's Ark as well. It had such potential. <laughs> Any doomsday story has like infinite potential for examining the potential for our reactions, right? And some of them just are shit. But still compelling. Okay, let's get on with the You know the show. 2001 <laughs> this is the before, was, two, We didn't have a discussion. 2001 A Space Odyssey. What was the sequel called? 2010. Was it 2010 or 2012? 2010. I was going to say, when I was a kid, like, 20 anything sounded and like absolutely. some insane space. To explain to our, my 15-year-old nephew that when I'm listening to, when I have my, you know, Zune on and the music is playing and the song 1999 comes on, mm. or, you know, we're going to play like it's like 1999, yeah. I was still almost 20 years prior to that when I was listening to that song. And to explain to someone how that's such a, like a, but you can't. And the same thing happens all you know, My grandparents would have the same experience and for whatever. That song by Prince isn't dated because now when you hear it, it's going to party like it's 1999. Well, party like it was then in 1999. No, it's called 1999. I know, but so. it's not dated is what I'm saying. But it is because it's called 1999. There will never be another no, one. No, what I'm saying is it's not dated because the what he's talking about is party like it's 1999, right? Well, now you could say, well... We don't party as good as we used to in 1999, so that's what he's talking about. Hmm, that's a loose interpretation. That's what I said, that's what I said. Because in 1999 it was party oh, time. you're British, so your interpretation of my very precious prince will be very and wrong. And Space, space 1999 wrong. as well. Yeah. That was the future, you know, the uh, TV show Space 1999. Now it's like, what? We're way past that. Anyway. Um, well, we're past it and we're not... Uh, Dumping trash on the moon. No. Which is what is in 1999. Space 1999, very good uh, premise for a show. Uh, watch it if you're a fan of sci-fi, you like Star Trek, that kind of thing. And you might have looked over it, because it is pretty Some cool. Some people are on the moon, they get shot off into space on the moon. It the moon traveling. is the spaceship. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, it's a really good premise, and it plays out really interestingly. It's, it's like a copy of Star Trek, I must admit. Sure. They want it to be Star Trek, I think, and yes, it's very Star Trek-ish. And you explore the concepts of humanity yeah, and it's very similar. exploration. But anyway, good recommendation. So it is Sunday, January the 8th, 2012. 2012. This is after the show number 205. I was going to say 2005. I think 2012 covers it. You don't have to say 2012. 
I was going to say 2005, but that would be in the year... Way in the future. 2088. Uh, we won't be alive in 20. That was a quick calculation. Would we? Someone do the math. That what year is it going to be when we do show number 2005? We'll be dead by then. We won't get to 2005. <laughs> <laughs> we only do 52 shows a year. 50 shows a year. We will never get to 2005. You're not going to pretend to do the math now, are you? Well, maybe we will. So, um, yeah, this is after the show number 205. The movie we're looking at this week is Contagion. And excuse me while I um, get some hand sanitizer and uh, sanitize my hands, because that's how this movie makes me feel. Um, Let's be clear. That's how you feel every day. So uh, the movie's Contagion. It's on Blu-ray. It's a 2011 movie. It's released on Blu-ray on the 3rd of January 2012. So it was released last week. Um, it's a PG-13. The tagline to the movie is, Nothing spreads like fear. Which is a good tagline, I think. It's from uh, Warner Brothers, and you are going to give us the synopsis of this movie. What if someone's listening to this right now, right? And it's the year 2055, and our world is completely different. Something catastrophic has happened, and yet they've dug up somewhere this a computer and some files and are listening to us. We are representing the human race in 2012. And we just watched a movie, Contagion. (laughs) (laughs) I'm drinking some tea. You and I are married. The world is pretty uh, volatile at the moment. And the movie, well, I think the title says it all, Contagion. It's about the passing of of a virus over the human population and... The obligatory things that come with these stories, which is how um, the governments deal with it, how military deals with it, the breakdown of social norms happens, and then essentially what is at the heart of our existence is each other and our contact with each other. And I think that's it, really. All right, so Contagion. Um, oh, I forgot one of the movies I want to re- I want to recommend. I got I got it in my head now. So um, this movie came out um, middle of last year, and uh, it kind of came and went as well. I noticed it. I saw some trailers and stuff, and then I never heard about it again. Um, but it's uh, I love this movie. I'm, I'm going Fantastic. to say um, what is awesome about it is it makes you think. First off, it's very realistically depicted, almost too realistically at times like it is really real um and it's the thing that i that stood out to me was how well edited it was because there's a lot of things going on and it could in lesser hands i think it could clearly lose you with the plot but and there's lots of um, and the timeline and all that yeah, kind of stuff yeah but the way it's handled and there's multiple stories going on at once different characters you know not magnolia Kind of, but kind of like a from different people's points of view and different different people's experiences of this this you know from scientists to people who are infected to mm-hmm. a blogger who is trying to make a make conspiratorial some, guy who yeah, yeah all these different things but I think it's really well edited together and I think you're right because like you said in lesser hands the time jumps that happen. Where yeah. in one scene we are at this point, and then in the next scene it is understood that what we were hinted at in the ne- in the last scene has already gone past that. We've already resolved it, and now we're on to the next thing. And you're supposed to grasp it. We've seen that attempted yeah. in other movies, and you have said, I think it was the um, 
the one where they're going over the mountains and walking and walking and walking. And you said, it's like you, you don't understand what the happened. Way back. Yeah, what happened between here and there. It's like too much of a jump and you have to fill in stuff yourself. Yeah, it's not understandable. And I think you're exactly right. They did a beautiful <clears throat> job. Um, <clears throat> what they did here was, um, uh, so I've got somebody in my throat, I'm probably contagious. Well, because um, I've been sick lately, and I've probably yeah, contagioned on you. Yeah, and they were—they did break down about like a normal flu virus or whatever. Most people just give that to another person, like just one person. So you probably gave it to me. But um, <laughs> congratulations. What I really liked about it too is um, it's shot in several different countries. Oh so, yeah. So it actually feels global, which a lot of these type of movies don't. Like uh, Outbreak. Do you remember Outbreak? Mm-hmm. Now, Dustin Hoffman. Yes. Now, it was supposed to be global and all that, but it, they never really covered it, and the only thing you saw was this camp. This yep. one camp. So it never and screens me... where they would do the same thing, where they start showing you projected, yeah. and then you're supposed to grasp it But to me, that. I never got the feeling of, oh, everybody's suffering from this. With this, because you visit every country. Well, a lot, not every country, but a lot of the countries. Several continents, at least. Yeah. Um, and see what's happening, and you, there's a lot of news reports, and just things that are said to you it's just well done it feels i mean it's well done you are i am captivated from the first minutes and the pace of it is perfect methodical at times and yet there are other times when it does do that thing where okay like i just said we've jumped ahead and this has happened and you're smart enough we understand that you get it and now we're moving on and other things are very like in the lab where they're showing you meticulously kind of how they keep themselves safe and that takes their time and then on other moments it jumps ahead i think it was um and it, well well thought out it's directed by steven soderbergh um which we'll mention later but it's got his feel to it now the last movie i saw that he did was the informant with matt damon hmm. and that really also good. feels like this movie the way it is shot it's very even though this movie is very kinetic all over the place it's moving all the time i mean you're moving from one place to another it's fast it cuts it cuts it cuts there's this very static look at everything. There's a settled feeling about it, I felt. Yeah. A lot of it's times not you're... kinetic. It's not like um, uh, Cloverfield or anything. There's yeah. no shaky. Everything's very smooth and very um, meticulous, I think. I think that's because in every scene, in every moment, it's done well. And everything has a purpose. Every short conversation, even between the father and the daughter, every exchange of glances between two characters, even if that's the whole scene where you've looked in a lab and two people are looking at a thing and then they look at each other, and it might have taken one minute to get that accomplished, which sounds fast, but for some reason you're so... It's done in a... Just right, so you don't feel like, oh, crap, I'm... Ugh, you know? Yeah, there's yeah. none of that. But um, it is very move along, move along, move along. Yeah, but with a... You don't feel like you're being rushed. Babel was a lot the same to me, too. It had a lot of stuff going on, and yet it felt very settled and calm. Yeah, and what I like about this, too, is it's very... um, Could totally happen. Yeah. I mean... I think if you think it can't, you're delusional. Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, it is is exploit. It's not left to the imagination. It's absolutely explained how this occurs. We won't spoil that, Mm -hmm. but you even see it happen. Um, And it's... You know, even when they're talking in the extras, the science is actual real science. They didn't just hodgepodge some stuff together. They actually, 
you know, consulted scientists and and they do speak in some scientific terms that you might not grasp. No, but I totally understood. But I you felt do understand. Like I but you kind of like I don't know what that word means, but I do get what they yeah, say. Yeah, absolutely. I felt like that was done beautifully. It's over my head, and yeah. yet I am a human. I have the right to understand it on some level, and I feel like that was really cut it come across really well. I really like how um, I was thinking. I saw something else the other day where somebody's in hospital ill. And then they, the loved ones are waiting outside. And then the doctor comes out and says to them, what's wrong? And he and doctors just, they just spew it out in the doctor kind of, a, yeah. well, it's a blah, 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 type A, mild, similar. And you don't know any of that. You don't know it. But they do say that to you, don't they? Because they're in that world. And I think they don't think, like, they don't. And then they have to break it down into yeah. layman's terms. But in this... They don't treat the audience like you're an idiot. They don't go... So they don't have somebody saying blah, 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 blah. And to a layman, it's this. Because yeah, no, they no. don't ever go to that. They just tell you what it is. Like There's one little sequence that's quite exponential. Or ex- they're telling you is yeah. when they're trying to explain how the virus attaches to a human cell. And while it has to be dumbing down somewhat, I still feel like it was done well enough because it's two scientists explaining it to each other about this particular virus and yet it's pretty basic and it's got the thing on the screen where you're going oh yeah. I see the things to now that could feel a little bit dummied down more to some people but to me it was like okay I get it and it was yeah. only brief like really brief and then I had it in my mind and I will forever the concept of how a virus attaches to your cells and uses your own cells against you and multiplies in your body. And that's why you get a cold and you have mucus. And now I've actually learned something. And if your body has already seen that virus, mm. it can deal with it easily. And if it has not, it has to spend a while trying to figure it out. That's why you get ill. Exactly. Um, and we all get ill every year. We all get a cold. And that's what's happening inside you. And that's why you feel like shite. Because your body is... Using all your resources to take to care of that thing. To make a, a cure for itself. And sometimes, like in this movie... Wouldn't it be nice if all humanity just dropped all the bullshit and decided to focus on just our health and well-being? As a, as a race? As a species? Just everybody focus on that? The right foods, the right medicines, the right lifestyle, and drop all the politics and the religion, all that bullshit, and just focus on the earth and keeping everything healthy, and it would be a whole different place. Uh- yeah. That's Star Trek concept, I think. That we they've surpassed all the bullshit, you know, Earth has by that point. Another three or four hundred years from now. But when you think about it, you and I are sitting here doing a podcast, hanging around. I'm watching Star Trek. You're playing video games. I'm drawing some pictures. We're never going to fix any diseases. But if we all tried to, we might get somewhere. I like um, how they reference real um, contagions of recent, like mm-hmm. the bird flu thing and the SARS virus. Um because that does strike home with you. Puts like, you in perspective, yeah. And you're like, yes, I heard of those things, or I knew... Well, I didn't know anybody who got the bird flu virus, but people did, because yeah. people died. Um, My mom had the swine flu when she was young. She told right. me just the other day, which is the H1N1 thing, right? And that she thought she was going to die. She had just had my brother. She was only 16 years old. And she really thought... she was Her fever was really high for like five or six days. And... Um, my grandfather, my dad's father, brought her whiskey and honey and something else, and they bundled her up and just kept her, you know, because that, I mean, that was like 1957. 
Right. So it was a whole different thing. But she said she remembers very clearly feeling like she was going to die. And that's what it was. It was actual swine flu. And a very interesting statement to me made in this movie was the fact that most of our viruses that we get as human beings are from either birds or swine. Which I was like, well, I don't eat meat anymore, so I can knock the swine. But no, I can't. No, no. Because swine, you know, um, but birds. You can't because birds poop on plants. They do. Um... Animal factories and fineries are next to large crops of Maybe corn. Maybe I'm a bit less uh, than somebody who's eating bacon every day. I don't know. That's the thing. Where whenever you hear that, like uh, a batch of spinach from Mexico has got E. coli all over it, well, it always goes back to because it's next to a hog refinery or a cattle farm oh, or some other zoo or something where the waste from animals or human waste even has contaminated it, and then it's passed on on the raw, you know, on the outside of it. So. Something to think about. And the other thing in this movie is how shockingly fast um, the virus moves along. Because I was like, oh, it's probably going to be a drawn-out thing. You know, over a period of years, this is going to go down. Well, this was like... A... Oh, really? I thought it would be just what it was. No, and this was literally like, you contact it and then die the day after, maybe. Seemed like it. Possibly. One to two days, yeah. yeah. Which was hideous. And like, there's no... You know, and it opens in this shocking kind of... And we are at the mercy of people who do know how to cure diseases because if I were tomorrow to wake up with a really high fever out of my mind, bloodshot eyes, sweating, possibly drooling weird white stuff, you would rush me to the hospital and some doctor somewhere would have figured out what it is and they would give me a shot or something. And I, like that lady in the extra said, we depend on this thought If I get something wrong with me, all I have to do is go to the doctor or my government will help me. And yet, in the past, before they knew what that thing was, nobody knew what it was and people just died of it. So there's, we've got a whole... I think think this movie did what it set out to achieve. And what it set out to achieve was to showcase these men and women, scientists slash um, medical workers, who at a time like that where something is going where they do need a cure or whatever, how people throw themselves to the grindstone to try and... And it must be all the time. Yeah, it must be. I mean, it's a big... There's 7 billion of us, so there must be people in the CDC and WHO, which is the World Health Organization, and I'm sure every continent and every country has government agencies who work on keeping pandemics and epidemics, and those people are literally standing between everybody dying from it, and, it. you know, I think it is... A thankless job, I would imagine. And that's what this movie does, really. It showcases these men and women, because it's from their points of view, mainly. Yeah. Um, The only thing I really... I kind of disliked about this movie is Jude Law's um, whole... I didn't really like that part of it. I didn't fully understand it at one point. Yeah, it was a bit... How he's profiting. I I don't know exactly. Except that he's the voice of all the people. people. The blogosphere, as he says. Well, not just that. But, I mean, the lady in the extras is one of those people. Yeah, she is. Who writes books and authors things about this is not a fiction thing, people. We are going... It's going to happen. And he's just Some would call them conspiracy theorists, but... He, to him, yeah. he's not a conspiracy theorist. His, his character is that the government's holding the secrets and this company's holding the cure and they all want to make Fun. money off of yeah, it. Yeah, that's what it was. But in the mix, apparently he's also making money off of it. I wasn't 100% clear on his that's story. Why I don't, that's why I don't think I liked that part. Also, also, I think if you'd plucked out the potential of him profiting, I would have liked it better. But I didn't understand it fully. Yeah. 
Yeah, it almost... He was a voice that needed to be represented, though, I thought. He was, but I don't think it was that interesting, the way they did it. I don't know. I just didn't connect with him, because, you know, yeah. he's a bit douchebaggy. He's a bit... Yeah. I didn't, you know... That was the only part I disliked. Um, and every time that bit came on, I was kind of like, okay. Then again, that's exactly right. Because he's the guy who annoys the shit out of all these officials yeah, and he governments. Is, yeah. He's like, he's um, like they fly in the ointment. Yeah, he's like that... He's the, like you said, the conspiracy guy who can get 12 million people to listen to what he's saying. And yet the government's like, would you just please shut up? Because we have regulations and we have protocol and you are just blowing the shit out of it. And yeah, his was, I liked him and I liked the concept of his character. But that little part kind of got blurry for me. Yeah, that's the only thing I disliked. Um, and I knew I disliked it because every time he came on the screen, I was kind of like, I had nothing against you, Laura. It was just like, yeah, yeah. I'm kind of done with this part. Because it's like, all the other parts are super interesting. I, I like seeing uh, the, the virus going down. I like seeing the scientists trying to figure it out. I like seeing how the Lawrence Fishburne character has to deal publicly with how much do you tell people? How much don't you tell people? You know, And privately, how do I protect my own family? Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's a conflict of interests in itself. Like, so. I felt like it was okay this time. Fishburne doesn't always impress me, regardless of what people think. He's not brilliant. And this time, I felt like it was... Good time to move on to the cast. Yeah. Um, I can't say a name, but I love her. Mar- Marion Coltard, I think it is. Uh, she's a French actress who... A lot of people probably won't be uh, familiar with Marianne Cotillard. She's from. She's called in the in this movie. She's Doctor Lenora Arantes. Um, she's works for the World Health Organization. Yeah, um, I, I love this she's woman. She's gathering information, basically, just like yeah. uh, Kate Winslet is, really, but yeah. for a different organization. Yeah, she is, and there's a a big hoo ha with her. Isn't yeah. She's awesome. I mean, we've seen, her, I've seen her before. What, what was it? Inception was Inception, the most recent. Inception, people she was the will wife. Yeah, Big Fish. She was in. Um, well, something else we talked about. Forget now. La Vie en Rose. She won a won an Oscar for it. I didn't see that movie, unfortunately. But now I want to. Oh yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I loved oh, her. In I'd this. love to see a French movie. Um, yeah. Amelie, I think, was the only one I've ever seen. <laughs> no, you've seen others, surely. I don't think, and I would love to. Um. I'm trying to think if you've You're seen You're from them. Europe, so of course you've seen them. I'm yeah, from the Midwest of America. Uh, Matt Damon is in here. Awesome. As, uh, I, he was, actually. I thought it was very, very... Every time I see him, Matt Damon is never bad. Nope. nope. He's always, like, really super solid or exceptional. Never bad. Never. I don't ever... Well, tell a lie. That one where there's Siamese twins. <laughs> right. <laughs> but even in that, he was all right. Is what he is. I mean, that's just that, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Matt Damon plays Mitch Emhoff, who's like the father in this, uh, like a father with... Um, father, husband. Infected um, wife. Yeah. Let's say. Um, so he is the the one that you... He's the Joe just a, Citizen Yeah, the person. one that you as a normal, average, everyday citizen will kind of pull for the most, I guess. Um, and you do. Cause he's, the, he's the... Um, What's like you've got, you know, in the situation of a neighborhood and a community, you've got the people storming the pharmacy and breaking into stores and stealing food Looters, off the yeah. shelves. And regardless of what their stories are, they're doing that. Whereas he's the man, the person who just it doesn't, it never sets right man. for him. He doesn't 
he's not going to function well in that world, you know what I mean? But he forges ahead because he's got this teenage daughter and, you know, kind of just makes his way. Um, I felt that they were in danger at all times. I felt so tense every yeah, time we'd I, I see their house. They seem so vulnerable. I thought their story was one of the best Absolutely. parts of the movie. And, you know, it, it focused on... The hopeful on portion of the story. Some things where, like, when they try to leave the city and yeah. stuff, you know, it focuses on, oh, oh, yeah, that probably would happen, you know? You, you are trapped, like, when something like this is going down. Um, Lawrence Fishburne, as we just mentioned, as Dr. Alice Cheever who plays the head of the... CDC. CDC, which we saw in The Walking Dead recently. Um, <laughs> but not him. Yeah, he's really good in this. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I've lost interest in Lawrence Fishburne over the last few movies we've seen him in. Um, but in this, it was perfect role for him, because he's got that um, authoritative... But he had a couple of professional moments where thing. he had to be, you know, bring it back and have a couple of moments of actual sort of like yeah. emotive... And it was pretty good. I mean, literally, this movie, every face that comes on the screen you probably know from somewhere, right? It was it was that kind of movie. But then again, there's an absolute huge cast of extra peripheral people. I think people. that's an exaggeration. Yeah, not every single face I recognize. No, I'm talking about the the um, primary actors. Mm. I'm not talking about, like, every single... When there's a, a scene with 500 people in China. And I don't know everybody. <laughs> Right, but as every wife will say, when a husband says something like, every single face you see, blah, 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 then I'm calling you on Every face you see in a... Every face you see who's a major star is going to seem familiar to you. No, because they're not all major stars. <laughs> but you'll know who they are. There's a, they're you, They're stars. either major stars or they're not. But you'll still know who they are. Okay. I think they're all major stars that you're familiar with in this movie. Um, what about the guy from Deadwood? What about him? I don't know who he is, but I recognised him. Right. He's not a major star. star. No, no, major star is somebody like Kate Winslet, who is also in this movie. Um, who does a very, very good job. Jude Law is next, anyway, with Alan Crumweed. Um, you know what? I've Jude Law's fine, right? But in this movie, I had no freaking idea where he was supposed to be from. He sounded <laughs> Australian, uh, a cockney. A little cockney. And a bit American. Um, I don't know why. Why? Because if he speaks normally, Jude Law, he just sounds like a Londoner. That he sounds a little bit posh. Posh Londoner. Yeah. That is fine. That's Jude Law. To me, I don't know what the hell he was doing with that accent, and it kept bothering me a bit. I was like, now he's Australian, now he's... He never co- sounded Australian Yeah, he me. sounded Australian a lot, and that was what kept coming to mind. I was like, whatever that accent is, if it's supposed to be, oh, well, he's a guy who's from Maybe he's from me. Maybe he's from Australia, and we just are supposed to think he's British. Because you think he's British, but maybe he's supposed to be Australian. I don't know what he was supposed to be. He also had an American thing. It was all kinds of accents. I would have just left it at... Um, posh British. Posh British. That would have worked fine for what he was. Um, so that I had a problem with that. I also had a problem with his, as we said earlier, side of the story. Um, that's not his fault. That was just... I didn't vibe with that, that side of the story. Even though that needs to be told, I didn't think it... it I wouldn't have told it that way. Maybe I'd have told it more like... From the side of the real woman who was kind of like him. Yeah. Less sensationalist and stuff, like he was doing it. Right, but he is, that's what I'm saying. He is the thorn in the side of a lot of people. In and this. he also has, what was the weird teeth he had in? I don't know, it was Why? really, what, just a crossing over each other. What or was something. that? <laughs> He's a character in a story. No, what I'm saying is, he had this crossover tooth thing and then there was some close-ups of his mouth and you could clearly see his real teeth and this tooth stuck on top and I was like 
What's that supposed to be? Is he supposed to be British and he has bad teeth? What? Like, what's the deal? What were they trying to say? I think you're overthinking that. I think it's just his character had the thing and that's it. Tooth. It was really odd to me. <laughs> I don't think odd it had accent, any purpose. funny teeth. I'll always remember it, though, and it kind of sticks out. You could have just left Jude Law as he was. It would have been fine. Um, but yeah, now I've just poisoned everybody if they've not seen it yet. Um, Gwyneth Paltrow is in here as uh, Beth Emhoff, um, the wife of Matt Damon in this movie. Very good. Um, very good. Uh, Move on. <laughs> She's very good. Kate Winslet um, as Dr. Erin Mears. Uh, Kate Again? Winslet is amazing. Why can't she have her accent, though? Just because she works in America? Yeah, yeah. Why can't she be British? Yeah. I don't get uh, it. No. I don't understand this. So she, and, so and she has an American accent, which she is actually very good at doing an American accent. Yeah, yeah. There's no cracks in that one. No, there's but no cracks. But as an American why? who likes accents... I want an American to explain to me why you don't like an accent. But you'll give Jude Law a weird one. Yeah, but I'm saying there are people who wouldn't like that either. Oh. Like, they don't like accents. They hate British accents. They hate... I don't know what it is. I don't get it. Like, But she was fine either way, but I don't understand why she couldn't just be... She happened to be British and working in America instead of an American woman. Who we know is British. <laughs> so all star cast... That's most of the people we mentioned. Um, there are other people. Well, there's lots of people in this movie. It you seems... didn't mention one of the best people, who's the scientist lady. Hey, I forget her name. I know, but that's a shame. You should have put her at the top of the list, because she was actually my favorite in the whole... Not just because of her storyline. I mean, from the moment I saw her, I, I'm thinking she's a scientist. Like, she was brilliant. Um, and this is directed by Steven Soderbergh, who you will all know um, from Ocean's... The Ocean series is his most famous movies. Uh, Traffic and Erin Brockovich would be some of the others. I think he's a really good director. I think he he's not he's one of those ones who doesn't do the same thing all the time. He can try his hand at everything. I mean, you're looking at somebody like Steven Spielberg, where you can't put your finger on a Steven Spielberg movie. He goes all over the map, doesn't he? He tries mm-hmm. to do everything. I think Steven Soderbergh's that kind of guy. Like he will. This is very different to an Aaron Brockovich or a Ocean's Eleven, which is a very commercial movie, to a Traffic, which is a very gritty... This is more like Traffic than any other thing I've seen from him. What else did he do? Full Frontal? Mm-hmm. In, like an indie kind of movie in the midst of his career, which was interesting. Like he, like I said, try anything. He shot all this on these Red One high-def cameras, which looks awesome, by the way. It's um, it's like a, They're like handheld HD cameras that you can... But they, it all looks amazing, the whole thing. And everything kind of matches. When I was looking at the um, credits at the end, he didn't film all of it. He had, like, different, uh, what do you call them, units. Mm-hmm. So a unit in this country, a unit in that country, a unit, and he headed one of the units. But, like, it all actually matched how it was all supposed to look. Which is interesting, because when you throw different directors... Yeah. Or producers or whatever. But there's no, there's nothing to this directing. It's very straightforward. So it is, but it's very. There's no trickery. Or no, but there's a enough. style to it. That's what I was talking about. This very static, smooth kind of style. Very, mm. you know, it's it's glossy almost, even though they're dealing with like a grubby subject. Um. So yeah, well directed. Um, interesting, Steven Soderbergh, isn't he? Because he's like. 
people don't go, I can't wait for the next Steven Soderbergh movie. But what when well, he somebody does, thinks yeah, that. but when he does pull one out, you're always like kind of mind blown by, by the stuff yeah. he does. So yeah, I like him. He's good. Um, DVD extras, not very Blu-ray extras in this case. Not very many on this disc, which I was actually disappointed with a little bit because I would have liked. Do you know what, as well? It's almost as though Steven Soderbergh does not exist yeah. during these extras. You do see him on the camera a couple of times in this uh, featurette, but he never says anything. He's like, it's one of those where he's like too good, like Tree of Life. Yeah. Like Malik well, does not exist. <laughs> that guy is talked about as if he was some kind of god. Yeah, but nobody talks about Steven Soderbergh either. The, Matt Damon doesn't go, oh, I love working with Steven Soderbergh. Nobody ever says. Yeah, because you know what? That's not the point of this no. movie. So, there are some extras. Um, I think I was perfectly happy with these extras because it I w- explained exactly what I wanted, which was that they did a lot of research. I wanted to know that they had actually looked into the potential possibilities of pandemics and epidemics, that they had researched the science, and that's all I needed to know, and that's all they gave you. And I felt like it was exactly right. See, what I, else would you want? I wanted um, a... Commentary. Documentary. Like a real documentary about the those people. Oh, about the real scientists. Like a real one. Okay. Like a, an actual... I would have liked that. You know, even just talking... Those real people talking. And I also would have liked a commentary. Yeah, definitely. A commentary on this movie. Uh, just from Soderbergh's... And maybe the star's point of view of a real-life version of this. Yeah, but they did say that. They did, but not enough. Oh, come oh, on. How, much, how much can you elaborate on? You know, if this really did happen, I wouldn't be prepared we well, got a lot of people to talk to it. I know, but how much more do you want? And I have nothing from Soderbergh at all. And I really would like to hear about making this movie. It seemed like a very complicated movie mm-hmm. to make to me. Um, how would he explain it to you satisfactory? So, there are three extras. <laughs> Number one is the reality of Contagion. And this is the 10 minute, it's 11 minutes um, featurette. Which speaks to all the major stars in the movie and asks them about the... About... Mm-hmm. Well, their feelings on the subject matter it's pretty good uh, it's not long enough not my, no, not by us I don't understand you because what else can they say about it except that they had um, did some research they learned a lot it's too brief for me I, want I know an but hour. you have to think about the reality of it and at some point people are just regurgitating shit when in fact they really distilled it they said what they thought I'm not trying to convince you. I'm just asking, what more do you want from them? Except to explain their more, thought. More real-life stuff about it. Um, maybe just like, you know, I'd like to see a documentary on here about the SARS virus. Yeah. How the SARS virus or the bird flu thing I actually, bet there is an actual one. You could probably look up. I'm sure there is. I would like to see something like that. You know, like a real-life contagion and how it is literally handled. I mean, this is the movie is probably how it is kind of handled, right? I mean, there's a bit of Hollywoodness added, but um, I would have liked to see a real life. You know, I'm sure. Yes, you can see the you can see a SARS virus documentary, um, and then there's something called the Contagion Detectives, which is a five minute look at the what this movie actually focuses on these agents who try and solve this puzzle basically and create a cure. Medical of, Sherlock Holmes, they call them. Yeah, they did. Yeah, and. Uh, I like that they focused on those people mm-hmm. because you don't think of those people, but those people are out there doing that all the time, you know? Um, and then finally, Contagion, How a Virus Changes the World, which is like a um, public service announcement movie. Yeah, it was a little too fast. Jesus Christ. I liked it a lot. It was too fast. Yeah, Fuck. I like that If they'd slowed it down, it would have been cuter and more informational. But yeah, it but was it's really fast. nice, like um, the 1950s informational movies where it's... Uh, it was too fast. 
Well, it's too fast for you. No, it's too fast. No, I like that style. Well, that Yahtzee dude does reviews on um, Escapist. He does video game reviews in that style. Really super fast in this British accent. I love it. It's real... It's a kitschy way of, you know... You don't absorb enough information. It's too fast. It isn't for me, though. I can take stuff in really fast. That's why, I, I guess, I, you always say to me, oh, how'd you read that so quick? Well, yeah, fuck just... yeah, man. You have a, he'll have a magazine article in front of him. Two full pages. And we're laying in bed or whatever. And in, like, like a minute, you turn the page. And, like, I'm thinking, what the... Are you you did thing. not read that. Yeah, I did. And you have said you do not read it. You hit little bullet points in your mind or something. No, I read the whole thing, but I... You can't read it all that fast. You can't. It's impossible. No. No, it's impossible. You read very slow. I, read I very don't read very slow. I read and I struggle. I don't read slow on purpose. I can and... read a book in a couple of days. Right. I read the Hunger Games. I think you missed things. I read all three Hunger Games books in a week. I think you read the way you listen, and if you listen to me in a conversation enough, you do pick and choose what you want, and you disregard the rest. No, absolutely not, because I could tell you the entire story of the three books. You know, so I obviously do, you know. Uh, So, Contagion, Our Virus Changed the World, and then there's the um, ultraviolet digital copy and a DVD uh, of the movie. So that is it. Uh, I liked the uh, how it looked and sounded. Actually, it's really good. Uh, so as I forgot to mention, awesome score. Mm-hmm. Don't know who it's by. The names flashed up really quick at the end. Michael, but somebody. It's like a. It's hard to explain. It's like industrial sounding. It's just a constant tension like, vibe. Like a, I, I explained it more. If you've seen the movie Killing Zoe and you're familiar with that soundtrack, it's very much like that soundtrack. If you like that vibe, it's like a. It's almost like something somebody humming at you all the time, so to keep this tension going. Yeah, and it works because if you drop the drop that music out of this movie, it would be different, a different feel to it. It gives it this like dark tone. Definitely, doom and gloom kind of vibe. So that is Contagion. I absolutely enjoyed it after our first movie of the year, Larry Crown. I thought <laughs> things were gonna get things were gonna start bad, but yeah, that was a that was a good movie. Um, I'd recommend it to anybody who... I would too. I think you will want to wash your hands after it's finished as well. You wanted to wash your hands after the first ten seconds. I did, because the way they portray the beginning <laughs> part of how a virus moves around. Um, for, you know, showing very distinctly people touching doorknobs and holding onto things. Oh, God, it was creeping me out. And here I am chewing on my fingers, and then the next thing I'll do is probably touch something that you will touch. Yep. Yeah, if if it's pointed out to you... It's a wonder how we survive. <laughs> it really is. It really is. Like. We're strong, and yet we're delicate. Yeah. I mean, seriously. You know, I have an, a great uncle who's passed now, but I mean, he had malaria twice in the Korean War and lived. Now, someone else could get a flu bug. And die. And just die from it. And so, uh, we're kind of amazing, I suppose. So, um, in conclusion, uh, recommended by me, highly. Thanks to- but this is what they should, uh, with the DVD slash Blu-ray, you should get a bottle of hand sanitizer. Yeah. <laughs> Branded with contagion. When you contagion. go and pick it up, pick up <laughs> yeah. the hand. They should put the hands, on the end caps in Best Buy, they should put hand sanitizer. They'd sell a lot of it. <laughs> Especially. But the Jude Law character's point was, after this, there was a thing in 1918, apparently, this flu that killed like yep. 30 million people across the whole planet, all of the sudden... All of the companies that make like Mentholatum and Vicks Rub and Kleenex yeah. and all those companies started making loads of money. 
Somebody and what's happened from... in the last since H1N1 was the hand sanitizers, and now Unmasked. it's a given. Because when I go to work, hand sanitizers everywhere. I've worked mm-hmm. there eleven years; it never was before. So you know, somebody's making a lot of money. Yep, absolutely. So uh, thanks to Warner Brothers, and if you want, I've got three contests going on uh, aschoolie.com at the moment. You can win. Um, but you can win some. Is there a dancing contest? You can win a, a Blu-ray. <laughs> uh, you can win a signed poster. Uh, you can win a book, and you can win a battery charger for your car. Do I have to sing like memories from cats or anything like that? Is that the kind of contest it is? No. Just go to their website. Uh, there's three contests underway. Uh, very different contests than we've had before, actually. Not all for movies. Um, one of them's for a series called Archer. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's uh, like an animated series on FX. Um, I have got a signed book and a huge poster from that show to give nice. away. So. Go and have a look. And then the car battery charger comes with the DVD series... Storm Chasers. Storm Chasers from the Discovery Channel. Just go and look. com slash contest and contests. Or just go to the main page, click on the word contest. Three different contests. Try your luck. US residents only, please. And you will be paying for the shipping. Um, You can check out the contest rules there. So, um... Thanks to Warner for this Blu-ray. And next week's Blu-ray review will be Drive on uh, Blu-ray. Drive. Um, I hear it's um, Drive. You know Drive? Mm -mm. Mm-mm. The game? Drive? No, Blu-ray. No, from the game? No. There was no game called Drive. And there was a TV show called Drive as well. Nothing to do with those. Okay. And I hear it's on... I think it's just been nominated for a Golden Globe, maybe an Oscar. So... It's our first... Doesn't make it good. What I'm saying is it's our first, maybe our first Oscar movie of the year to look at. The nominees aren't until the 25th, though, are they? So, But anyway, it's getting the buzz. So, uh, oh, no, my God. And it's nothing to do with those. Um, what you just mentioned. Okay. There's no game called Drive. It's called Driver. And um, there was a show called Drive, but there's nothing to do with that. <laughs> Why would that be funny? A le- it's not much of a leap there, is it? A TV show called Drive, and then a movie comes out called Drive. Why wouldn't that seem like they're connected? They're not. Okay. So, um, new game. We have a new game. What's this game called? Oh, I don't know. (laughs) It doesn't have a name yet. Have you thought of a name? No. No, me either. Okay. The gist of the game is this. This is a game that we play, not you. Well, you at home can join in. Yeah, you can join in if you want. Um... We will be, one of us picks a very famous line from a movie, and you either say it correctly or incorrectly, and the other person has to decide if it's if it's correct or not. Now, you might think that sounds, oh, that's simple, but some of the examples we have had so far were, last week I said, frankly, Scarlet, I don't give a damn. When in fact, and everybody might go, oh yeah, that's mm. right, but in fact it's, frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. So that's the concept. What do you, oh, you got it. <laughs> I gotta uncover the. Uh... <laughs> can you see it? Yep, I can see it perfectly. All right, you ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. This is the uh, line from a famous movie. Is this correct or not? What movie? No, I don't tell you the movie. I'll tell you the line. You'll know the movie. Okay. Oh no! It wasn't the airplanes. It was Beauty that killed the Beast. Oh no. It wasn't airplanes. Wasn't the airplanes? It was beauty that killed the beast. You oh, know the movie, King Kong. Correct. Uh, original King Kong Both. or King Kong seventy six? All three actually. That line is occurs in all three of them. 
precisely that line, I don't think. But... Is it wrong or is it right? All right, then. Let's say the latest one, Peter Jackson's. Okay, Peter Jackson's. Okay. It wasn't the airplanes. It was... Oh, no. It wasn't the airplanes. It was Beauty that killed the beast. I think that's correct. That is correct. Yay! Yeah. And there's a lot of room for not being correct there, but I think that... That's why I was going to change it, then I was like, no, because it's a hard one. Exactly. And that's the heart of the game, is that you think, yeah, yeah, that's a good one. I like that... uh, my favorite King Kong movie is the 70s one, though. I can't help it. My favorite is Peter Jackson's. That's incorrect. I, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I do like the original, and we did watch it. Um, but, you know. The very original is 33. I'm yeah, talking about one. the 70s. I like the best. Yeah, I didn't really like that one, though. Oh, I love it. It's methodical and slow with Charles Grove. But the very original I liked. And we watched it when it was remastered and stuff, but... You know, obviously it shows its age a bit. But it is, thinking of when it was made, it's an amazing thing, right? You know? Yeah. There's nothing like that then. All right, so movie recommendations this week. I am going to recommend, on the theme of Contagion, 28 Days Later, which is a fantastic Contagion-style movie. Mm-hmm. Um, zombies mixed in there. With zombies. And the other one, which is the ultimate Contagion-style movie, in my opinion, Cabin Fever. Oh, yeah. You know, it's about... It's exactly what can happen if something goes wrong in the... Well, it's in, in this case, in the water, right? Yeah. Um, and it's nasty. It's very gross. <laughs> it's not a top quality movie or anything. No, it's, but a I mean, good, it's a good... It'll get you crawl, yeah. your skin crawling, so to speak. Yes. The shaving scene. Just wait until... You, oh, my God. It's kind of gross, yeah. Just thinking of it. It's makes, a gross... Because I just shaved my legs today and... Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That was horrible. So, yeah. uh, if you like gore, that's a good one. And it's... Because the, the chick in the cabin. And that and is the... another movie that shows you, at the end, yeah. how it occurred. Yeah, the potential yeah. and the, how it's going to yeah. keep on Carry going. On. Yeah, yeah. And my recommendations... Okay, I just thought of another one I want to add, which is... It is... It was written by Crichton. And it was a book. Uh, or a satellite thing came down to Earth and it had a thing on it. And that then started infecting people. It's real slow and methodical. It's the something syndrome or something like that. I'll, I'll, maybe I'll think of it by the end. But it's real. They go to a town where they're all in their spacesuit-like things because everyone's dead from it. And it's one of those. It's China like, syndrome. I don't know. No, because that's, no, that's, that's Jane that's, Fonda, yeah, right? That's the um, that's no, that no. nuclear reactor It's thing. something else. I can't remember the name of it, but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And my other ones are, because I was just watching, as I am, the original Star Trek series, and season three, episode 15, I think it was, or 13, is called The Last Battlefield, and it's very much about... Um, not infection of a disease, but the infection of um of a of a mindset, and how these two factions on this one planet have just gone generations of uh, propaganda against each other. Right, and that it even shows one little scene where one of them is kind of giving this sort of rabble rousing speech to the Star Trek people, and you start you get the glimmer because you're like looking between two doors, and you get the concept that he's planting this virus of the mind. Into the, into the crew as right. well. So they'll start thinking like him, like rebellious and whatnot. And I just thought that kind of all fit together there. Those are my recommendations. Oh, and of course, the most recent one that I think is genius, really, in its simplicity, is Inception. And you may not have liked the movie, 
but the concept of just that, what I said, the ideas that can spread amongst people. Who it's didn't just like, like the movie Inception? It was amazing. It's got to be people who didn't like it. There were people who were bored and thought it was stupid and didn't understand it. <sighs> Absolutely. I can't believe uh, nobody... Did. Come on. I can't think of anybody who would dislike that. There's millions people of people who wouldn't like it. <laughs> um, all right, so um, games and A-School stuff this week. Not been playing many games this week. Apart from, I did have a game of Sonic Generations, which is the brand new Sonic game on the Xbox 360. It's kind of a mix between old Sonic 2D side-scrolling and new 3D into-the-screen Sonic. Um, not played a ton. Played about four levels. But I really like the concept of taking a classic Sonic level that you know and love and letting you play it in that classic way. And then saying, okay, play the same level in this new way. It really shows you how far things have come. And it also shows you that the 2D old version is the better one. (laughs) Which is interesting. To you. Yeah, because, you know, that's something that we played in the 80s. Yet still to this day, that gameplay holds up. Where, to me, the 3D gameplay of Sonic doesn't necessarily gel completely. It's Does the 15-year-old you were playing with agree? Uh, he played both styles. And he has played old Sonic games. But has he ever played the 2D versions? He only maybe started playing the 3D no, versions. No, I think he has played 2D versions of Sonic on it. Yeah, he said he has a Sega Genesis or something that he got from a car boot sale. Oh, maybe. He does. Um, but yeah, it, Sonic is is better in flat flat from the side. It's just better because the control is okay, kind Okay, Grandpa. <laughs> the control... But what's really interesting is I got the demo of this Sonic Generations um, game on the PS3 and played it in 3D with 3D glasses. And the 2D um, sections in 3D with the glasses are awesome because it's... You can see the depth of you what you're doing. You play it in yeah. 2D, but there's like about 10 planes. It's not just like front, middle, and back. It's very deep. And it looks like Sonic's like a little toy in there, like in like a little box. It's kind of weird looking. Uh, but the gameplay doesn't change, obviously, because you're still playing a side-on. It's really good in 3D. I recommend it. If you've got the 3D... What was that? You, what was that you were looking at in 3D? Sonic Generations. I know, but what were you looking at it on? On my new 3D TV. Half of it was a Christmas present. Correct. Just, re- just going back to the holidays. <laughs> just saying. So yeah, if you've got the a 3D TV and you get this game, it does support 3D on both the 360 and the PS3. There is a demo on the PS3 network for free if you want to see it in 3D. There's one level. Um, it's a very good 3D effect. I was impressed. So yeah, um, that's Sonic Generations. I've been playing lots of Modern Warfare, but we've talked about that a billion times. Um we did watch um, the first half of The Walking Dead on AMC. We just saved it up on our DVR, and we we started watching it recently. And we watched all of it in two nights. Um, it's back in February. Um, what I think about the first half of this season is... I don't think it's as good as the first season. I just want to put that out there. Because the writing's a bit shitty in parts in this new season and this very idiotic and I mentioned it to you there's a lot of idiotic they'd be dead way before now if they made the choices that they made and we don't do that we don't think that way when we're watching movies we we accept fiction we accept that there are things in movies that characters do that don't make sense so we don't nitpick but when you love something like we've loved Walking Dead 
And then when these characters that were grounded in a certain kind of reality. Yeah, I think yeah the it's, first... a, it's a twisted reality because there's zombies and shit. We get it. Like I said, we accept fiction for what it is. And yet all of a the sudden, their world has changed a little to where their decisions are like, who who yeah. wrote that? Like, no. why did you write it? And then again, it could be straight out of the comic and you can't argue with well, that. Um, oh, the novel. Frank I mean. Darabont, who's the guy who did the Green Mile, etc., who wrote and directed the first season. Or the, some of the first season. He didn't write the comic, though. No, okay. but he adapted it for a television show. He left at the end of the first season, and then it was handed off to other writers. I think it feels obvious. I think it does feel obvious, because it doesn't... It it's actually feels like a different bunch of people at times. It's more exploitive at times, and it's more dummied down. Um, although, the one of the one brother trying to survive the other day with the nasty brother coming around, that was well done, because you still freaking hate him and he did it he's brilliant at that character both of them i love the yeah both Rooker of those guys and, uh, yeah the readers. hillbilly racist yeah. guys or whatever but i mean they're awesome but that might be down to them whereas some of the other actors yeah if they're not yeah if they're not great then the cracks in the writing kind of make it i, I also think obvious. because the first season was just six episodes and it was quite compact and it almost felt like a long movie um now they've obviously doubled that this year to make a full season. And they're obviously having to stretch out a bit. Some of the episodes come across as a bit like not a lot is really happening here. Like, like they do throw a couple of set pieces into each each episode, it seems. But then some of them, are, they seem pointless sometimes, you know? They're, no, I disagree. You what? I disagree. Right? What, in the that they feel pointless. slow? Um, no, I don't think they feel slow. It feels slow. a bit lumbering to me. I mean... I mean, I don't like the whole jutting off to the farm anyway. I don't feel like that Apparently, is a very... Apparently, what I read was the farm is a huge part of the comic book. Seems like it. It's huge. I mean, it's huge. Like, the fans of The Walking Dead, as soon as they, saw the fa- as soon as they see the farm, they'll be like, oh my god, the stuff that's going to happen at this farm. It's that kind of thing. It's an epic. Where yeah. most of the comic takes place, people. I'm assuming. Um... What? A few people. To those people. That's yeah, what I'm saying is it's a big deal. As part, the comic's 100 episodes long now, I think. Oh, but that doesn't mean anything to me, because I don't read it, and it doesn't matter to no, me. No, but what I'm saying is a lot of the best stuff in the comic occurs at this farm. That's According what, to those people. According to Walking Dead fans. Okay. So the farm's a big deal, so I think we're going to spend some time at this farm, right? And yeah, the farm's not, to me, not as interesting as being in the city. No, it's not at all. Um, but there are interesting features to it. You know, yeah. we do... I just don't think it... it it's good, because I like, I like to see a zombie thing on TV, and they don't skimp with the zombiness. Mm-mm. You know, the zombies are gross, there's lots of heads blowing up and shooting off, and yeah, they don't skimp with that, but yeah, I, it's not as good as the first it's season. It's not smart as the first one felt. No. It almost, it's not as grimy as the first one felt, for some reason. No, it might just be the setting this time, like, that we moved into the countryside. I don't know. And it's turning more into soap opera-y versus yeah. them struggling to Do you know what I survive? was getting hints of? Lost. Absolutely. Yeah. Where you lose that the concept is people having to survive in a world now where there's this horrible thing and the dead are walking around. And you get that from the beginning and you get each person's little story and why they're motivated to do this or that and why they cope with things the way they do. Just carry that on. Don't start adding yeah, new dramas these. and relationships and 
you know flashbacks. I'm not particularly. I don't mind a couple on. here and there because I do but like Lost to understand. Lost kind of overdid that stuff. I never flashbacks. watched it. They did whole episodes where yeah, flashbacks. But I didn't watch that. I'm just saying. Um, I don't mind occasionally in this one to have a flashback because you get to see. Because we in the original, you don't see the whole all of it. You're just dropped in the middle of it, so I don't mind that. But I'm not it, saying it's bad though. It's making bit, it into a soap opera where yeah, all of a that, sudden the drama between the people is, is bigger than the world is fucked. I mean, that's the big. Yeah, element I want more here. zombies than 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 soap opera stuff. And just Somebody's like lost. pregnant, this, that, and the other. Yeah. I'd rather have more. Exactly, action. like I'm lost. Yeah. I want it to be about being stranded. On an island. Lost is a good parallel to make to it because you know it's an ex- people in an extreme circumstance, normal everyday people. The same in Lost, same. I'm in gonna it. say go so far as to say True Blood's the same. In the beginning, you're totally hooked. It's excellent. You're like, oh wow, the world doesn't know, and this yeah. is happening, and now we know. And then it got more about who's fucking who and all these things instead of the thing itself, where there are vampires. <laughs> like, Which is way more interesting than yeah. human stories. I mean, yeah. But I'm not saying this is bad because it's better than 99% of Absolutely. most things you see on television. Um, I, I'm just The 1% being anti-Croja. Yeah, I'm just not as impressed as I was at the beginning. But it doesn't mean I'm stopping watching yet because I'm still in, invested in them. And I, yeah, I can't wait to see it in February when it comes around because they do leave it at a moment where you're like, wow, what's yeah. going to happen next? I want more about the thing itself. And how the world is resolving it. And how the world, all of humans, how the world of nature is coping. Because wouldn't there be zombie dogs and zombie horses? And, yeah, all that. Right? So we're not getting... I want to I I be immersed in the, the stink and the shithole of the world. Another not, thing is they when Darabont left, they also had to have the budget in some... Absolutely. AMC cut the budget. I feel there. that too a yeah. little bit. So... You get less zombies for your money. And the zombies aren't as quality looking. No, not I don't quite. Uh, and there's less of them, I think. I find, like, I don't feel like there's a billion of them ever. Like, yeah. in the first one, in that city scene with it's the just tank. constant, yeah. Yeah, it was like, oh my god, like, it's a whole city yeah. of zombies. Because it's a city. Yeah. Now, on a farm, you've got, like, ten people. Yeah, yeah. That's, that, that is... <laughs> the threat feels like it's going... And they're all getting kind of lax. Like, yeah. they're just roaming around, yeah. peeing out in the yard. <laughs> um... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, there's some questionable, um, yeah. So, um, and the other thing I have been, we have been watching, seeing as I've no games been playing, is a Celebrity Big Brother has started on uh, Channel 5 in Britain. Um, interesting mix of <laughs> B-listers, C-listers, Z-listers, whatever they Except like to call Except you wouldn't call Michael Madden that. Except Michael Madden is in there. Um, you will all know as Mr. Blonde from Reservoir Dogs or from Kill Bill. Um, I... He, he doesn't. He seems out of place. Like when I when I thought, oh, Michael Madsen's probably done nothing. He's probably in the gutter. He put, I went and looked at his IMDb page. He's done twelve films recently. Like, like he's got eight films coming out in two thousand twelve. Like he has no idea what he was getting no. himself into. <laughs> so it's kind of weird to watch because like it's Michael Madsen, who we all know, and I only learned yesterday is Virginia Madsen's brother. I did not know. Um, and if you don't know, Big Brother UK. Celebrity Big Brother UK is those... It's like kind the of equivalent novels. of the Surreal Life <laughs> or Celebrity Rehab or um, the Celebrity Fit Club. It's people who you go, oh, they were famous 30 years ago and yes. then they just hit Leo the skids. Leo Absolutely. People like Leo that. Sayer was on it once. Um, but then you get other people who you... You know, um, wasn't Sophia Loren? No. 
some other famous woman, you know, actress lady who was kind of classy. And they've got two Playboy bunnies, American. Michael Madsen. Those are the American contingencies. Somebody from a soap opera that we watch, EastEnders. Right. Who's um, no longer on it. And that's, you know... A lady the, who's from Coronation Street, no longer on it, but she's still super famous. I mean, there are, there is a mixture of people. But they're like there. the fringe famous people. And they... And then Michael When you Madsen. watch it, you feel they're desperate for fame. Yeah. And so when they say things like, oh, it's an honor to be on this, and I'm so privileged to be on it, you just want to shake them and go like, yeah. But I did think, oh, Michael Madsen's going to be a complete asshole, but then I've been watching him, <laughs> and I'm watching his... He questions people on things, because I don't think he knows what's going on. He's, he's almost like, I was told this, that, and the other, but I don't know who these people like, are. I'm he's gonna... thinking celebrities. Okay, I'm going to walk in, and it's going to be, like, Guy Ritchie and Madonna yeah. and, like, famous yes, people. Yes, that's what I think he And thought. he walks in the first night, and it's really hilarious, because there's food everywhere. Yeah. No one else is eating. Michael Madsen's, like, shoving yeah. his face. <laughs> like, like, he's, he's nervous. <laughs> and he's like, holy shit. And then he says to him, like, why, why are you famous? Because yeah. he... You and I don't even know who they are, no. hardly. I mean, you kind of do. So. I mean, he understands the Playboy bunnies. It's fascinating to But he watch. doesn't understand some of the people. Like he said, like one woman's in there because she had a public affair. Well, she had an affair with her brother-in-law. Yeah, but I mean, she's not a celebrity. She right. had an affair. She's just a woman who had an affair. She has a famous husband and she had an affair. So she's not really a celebrity, but in England she is. Like that tabloidy thing. Trashy kind of celebrity. And he's questioning her on the whole thing and... I think he's. Yeah. I think it's coming together in his mind exactly what show he is on. And now, and then pretty soon they're going to make him dress like a chicken, yes. or dump slime on his head, and he's going to go, "What the? Fuck yeah, what is, is going on? He'll either walk <laughs> or he'll be a complete sport." I do like. It's really fascinating though because they were talking to him. They, you said they all have this weird like he's revered higher to yes. them. They all feel starstruck. And in one of the conversations, he's saying, "When he was growing up, he you know." Watched movies with, like, Kurt Douglas and John Wayne and these guys. And he even said it wasn't really about the acting in their movies. They they had this thing about them. And they, they just were what they were. And I've said to you that he's one of those guys and some other actors who everybody says are brilliant. But I'm thinking, no, they're just, like, got this big persona. They bring it on the big screen. Everybody who's and Oz. And he admits, that's kind of what I do. And the one girl said, do you think... People are like that now. He's like, no, no, no. You know, it's, it's not like that anymore. So I love that conversation. One of my it's favorite things that he said was, somebody said to him, you've been in like 170 movies or whatever. <laughs> I've got loads to put on my Netflix queue when I get out. Oh, I've got loads to watch now when I get out. And he goes, I wouldn't put 60, what, of, those 60 of those on there. <laughs> <laughs> they, I was watch. just paying the bills. Right. Which is really cool because like, Yes, I've seen a lot of Michael Madsen films, and there's a lot of shit ones, really shit ones. They're like Jean-Claude Van Damme films. Just like crappy police procedural action films where he's just some tough yeah. cop. Just really bad. You wouldn't watch them. And Free Willy, which we didn't even realize. And Free Willy too. Free Willy. <laughs> yeah, so they had one of the actresses say to him, like, when you see Michael say, um, I loved you in Free Willy, and when she said it to him, he said, people don't usually uh, call me up for that one. <laughs> It's really funny. So yeah, it's interesting. Always an interesting, um, you know, mixture of it people. It is, I, and it's sensationalistic. I get it, and it's stupid, and it's the most dumb kind of entertainment. Watching people just be in a house, which is a studio, and doing shit like waking up 
and yep. eating breakfast and then doing stupid tasks with each other. Like they hooked themselves all together with an electric wire all to a big battery and they had to like tell their stories. Like I slept with my brother-in-law and I did drugs and I was arrested and I did this. And we're sitting here watching that as entertainment. That has to say something about us. And then you flip around and... I, I like balance. I have some quality entertainment in my life. I well, like to me, to Big Brother, I don't like reality shows anymore. I don't watch hardly any of them, actually. We watch The Apprentice. I don't know if... The UK Apprentice and Big Brother, right? That's mm-hmm. it for reality shows. Oh, and The Jungle Thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but we Big, understand that it's But Big like- Brother UK, it, no matter who's in it, whoever the celebrities are, I don't know them, I do know them, or it's just normal people in the summer one... Every year I can get into it. It's on every single day. I can sit and watch it, and I want it. I'd never want it to end. Like it's like, I know. like it's an hour long every day. We sit and watch it, but I can feel the end coming, and I'm like, no, don't finish yet. I, I'm really interested. That's in how I feel this. about Star Trek right now. I'm watching yeah. it all on Netflix. I'm in season three. I'm about halfway through. That's how I felt about Breaking Bad. Yeah, you just get this doom and gloom feeling of yeah. like... Because with Star What's Trek, next? it's very limited. Well, you can go for the uh, next Star Trek. Not, yeah, but it's not the same. No. When it's over. Like, Phineas, Phineas and Ferb. It's a show I never would have watched in a million years. I decided to watch them. I watched all seasons, all the way through seven seasons of it. And then I was all sad because it was over. So, yeah, that's what we've been doing this week. Uh, mostly watching... Oh, we also started... I'm watch- trying to claim that I like quality entertainment. And I just admitted to watching a Disney children's yeah. cartoon. <laughs> we also started watching Dexter, but we're the new season of Dexter, well, we're only like, three episodes in, so we'll comment on that when we get further, which we will. I mean, I like Dexter, too. I think it's good. Oh, and Shameless starts again tonight. William H. Macy. Good show. Uh, I didn't think William H. Macy would come back for a second season of that. I don't know why. I just didn't think he would. Why? But he did. It was successful. It was, but I just... I don't know. I just see him as a movie guy. Why? Don't know. What are you talking about? But there again. Michael Madsen's on Big Brother. Yeah. Let go of all of your preconceived Actually, notions. Actually, since William H. Macy went in Shameless, we didn't see him in movies. Well, no, he's busy. Yeah, I guess. It's only been a year. <laughs> yeah. So, um, what, Sid Talk, what is for dinner? That's the question I ask you each week on this podcast. That is the question you ask me every day Correct. of our lives, and you just happen to say it to the world on Sunday. Uh, for dinner tonight will be Morningstar veggie ribs, which is sort of a vegetable patty thing that They're has good. this really sticky, gooey, very sugary like sauce. Like sauce almost. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And um, it's really good. Uh, I don't care what anybody says, it's good and some might compare it to the mcrib sandwich oh yeah thing. it's very much like that because the texture of it is but the same no yeah it's a veg yeah it's no it's just vegetable but and, it is um, yeah so from that plus i'm going to make a subsy and subsy is the indian word for side dish so it's a subsy i've learned this from watching bhavna on the youtube she is super veggie delight if you want to look up some really awesome Indian recipes. That's YouTube.com. <laughs> Super Veggie Delight is the username of the Correct. channel. And she does really awesome videos and she's very persistent and she has hundreds and hundreds of them. And I just love watching her. And I learned this word subzi from her. And so I'm making up my own side dish, which will be green peppers, corn and mushroom with some kind of like sauce. That does sound good. Yeah. Indian sauce of some kind and maybe some fries. And maybe soup, according to the... Uh, maybe soup, it says outline. there. I don't know. We'll see. All right. And what else? What else do I have? Meaning of life? You know, 
other than the germ thing, like a simple germ can kill us in as a as a species, I think that our our overriding need for self-satisfaction, not not survival, not the need to eat or to sleep or to procreate, but our self-satisfaction Gimme, gimme, gimme. This is mine, mine, mine. I want to feel, feel, feel. I want to be happy. I want to be sad. I want to be entertained. I want to, I want, I want, uh, uh, me, me, me. That is our weakness. In, uh, in one person's life and in the trillions of people who have ever been alive, that is our weakness. And I got to say, just looking, I was looking at the cover of Contagion there on your screen. And I was like, who's the guy on the left with the hat on? I can't figure out who that is. <laughs> Jude it's Law. Jude Law, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was, no, who is that guy? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Side point. Yeah, so um, is that it for this week? Yeah, that's Thanks for listening to the show. Yeah, I remind you about our websites, aschoolie.com, and that's where you can go to enter those contests I mentioned earlier. How do you spell that? A-S-C-U-L-L-Y.com. Um, you can also go to sidtalk.com, which is your website, where you have no contests whatsoever. So, aschoolie.com would be preferable. <laughs> um, you can uh, catch me and you on Twitter. I'm at Ace and you're at Sid Talk. Uh, you can catch us on Facebook, Xbox Live, YouTube. You can catch this podcast on the Zoom Marketplace, the iTunes Music Store. Or just go to aschoolie.com, click on the word podcast, subscribe with anything. Do you ever get reviews on iTunes? I do not install iTunes. I have no Apple products in my house. Is that a directive or are you just let's just review that. In my house. Correct. Now let's just review. Do not bring an Apple product in my house. <laughs> if I choose in my house to install iTunes, what will the uh penalty be? Um well, you can install iTunes on your computer as much as you want. Install ten copies. But this is your house. Right. And you just You're, said, I will have no iTunes in my house. You can install it in your computer. All right, then. No, I just don't install iTunes. Thank you. Thank you. I actually use the Zune software, which I you? really like. I, I find it... All I'm asking is, do you get reviews on iTunes, but uh, you don't know? It's highly likely, and I don't look. So, yes, probably. I should... No, I don't want to install it. I don't want to. I do not want to. A lot of people say they like people to give them reviews on iTunes just because it, you know, gets more people to hear them, but... I don't really care about iTunes. I know you, <laughs> you don't care about people listening either. <laughs> we have quite a lot of listeners, yeah. and I know that for a fact. Um, Thanks to each one of them. Correct. Uh, so, um, yeah, you can catch us there. You can email feedback to me at ascully at ascully.com. And I have opened up a new email. So whenever you do enter one of the contests, it's contest at ascully.com. I used to have a really weird email address that you send contest entries to. But to make it easier, it's contest at ascully.com. So if you go and enter them contests, that's where you will send me an email. Yeah, but there's an automatic link, Well, you right? press it, yeah. Okay. But what I'm saying is it's even easier. If you just want to remember it, it's easy. Um, so, yeah, that's everything for this week. Stay classy. Ooh, there's a lot of stars in that movie. All of those stars in that movie are classy. You're a little obsessed with the star power. I think you should drop it and be impressed with people who aren't stars. So stay classy, people who aren't stars. Stay classy, all the people in that movie who are not stars. Because there are a lot of those too. That's better. And I'm going to say, think for yourself. (laughs) And like what I just did to you, and you're a perfect example. You just cracked under pressure. You need to think for yourself, or someone like me will come along and do it for you.